I believe we are all hardwired to be creative. And the thing that makes us uniquely human is our creativity. Welcome to The Spark with Coco the Inspirationist. Join me for conversations with inspiring humans tapped into their creativity and solo chats as I get to know my own. Whether you're looking to spark inspiration, reconnect with your inner creative, or you're just starting to get to know your creative self, you're in the right place. Welcome to The Spark. Hi, welcome to the podcast. I am so glad you're here. I'm Coco, and if you're new here, then you picked a really excellent episode to jump into. Today we have Stephanie Noble, and Steph and I go back to almost this time last year when I signed up for the mastermind that I was in for six months, hosted by Caroline Addington. Steph was my accountability coach, and I met with her every week for six months, and it was the first time I've experienced that kind of support, and man, is she such an incredible hype girl. She's incredible uh, when it comes to holding space for ideas, getting yourself moving into action, and ever since the mastermind ended, I've really enjoyed cultivating an actual friendship because, you know, I didn't want to overstep our coach, coach e boundaries, you know what I mean? It felt kind of bizarre for me to show up every week and only talk about me and never really understand what's going on in her life. But it was a great practice for me to kind of play inside of those boundaries. And then also knowing that at the end of those six months, looking forward to broadening our relationship and getting to know her better. And as this season of the podcast progressed, and if you're new here, this season, more than any other, this is my third season, and I'm coming up on uh, my one-year anniversary here in April, but this season, more than any, I was super intentional with kind of releasing the grip on my perfectionism, on my planning, on my having things all scheduled and planned out ahead of time. I wanted to see if I could, you know, release my grip and and flip my hands over and just open and receive and see who came through. Normally I would I would come up with a theme and then I'd come up with all the people I want to ask and this time around I just kind of announced the theme and trusted that there would be people coming into my world that would be a good fit and That's exactly what happened, you guys. Exactly what happened. I jumped and the net appeared or, you know, the next footing revealed itself. And one day about, I guess a month ago now, we've tried, we've tried to get this, this Zoom call together, this conversation together for about three times now, third time's a charm. And About a month ago, it just like hit me. I was looking outside and watching the snowfall and it just felt like such a good fit for this, this moment in the season. You see, because Steph is not only an accountability coach, but I would say her biggest kind of skill set is that she supports people in sobriety and is herself six and a half years sober. I'm super excited for this conversation because we are going to talk about this new creative endeavor that she's on. And also she has a journal line that she's created. I think this is going to be the third round of journals that she's creating. And she in general is a creative and she's walking her truth and holding space for people and it's truly beautiful and I'm so grateful for this opportunity to sit and catch up with her. So without further ado, I cannot wait to introduce you to Stephanie Noble. being here like I was saying I really have been trying to let the universe just put the right people in front of me and although you've been in my life almost a year now it it was like I had a download I had a moment I remember having the moment being like this is a great fit for this conversation because 
with you, you know, there's a couple different pieces to your puzzle. And I feel like spirituality is what kind of glues them all together. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you could just, would you mind, uh, introducing yourself and maybe tell me a little bit about what's, what's the magic you bring to this world? Oh, Wow, way to start it off with something challenging, but (laughs) here we go. So my name is Stephanie. I'm a substance use disorder counselor, a life coach. I do like sober influencing kind of stuff and motivation for people on the gram, but my sole purpose and I think what is my magic that I bring is just the example of what recovery can be like. And and there's so many different paths to recovery and with recovery, obviously is a huge spiritual component that we're always told, you know, you have to find some kind of spirituality in order for this to work. And so I've been able to see millions, not millions, but hundreds of different examples of what spirituality is for different people in recovery. But more than anything, helping people in recovery is my thing. Yeah, that's beautiful. And you also have a journal line, right? So I also have a noble paper company, which is guided journals. So my first one was mindfulness, which I think in and of itself is a very spiritual practice to work on. Journaling in and of itself is a spiritual thing. Um, I'm creating a planner right now. And my next journal is called the Align Journal, just about how to align with your higher self and stay in congruence with your values and your purpose and stuff like that. So that one is currently being printed, but we're still waiting. Oh, that's so cool. And that's such a beautiful way to take your creativity and, and have it support the things that make you feel the best and then share that. I mean, that just, when it comes to it, for me, it's about figuring out how to connect with your spirit and your source and then serving others is kind of like the next level for me. I love how you, it, I've noticed recently and maybe this is not recent, but it just feels like you've been putting an extra effort to show up more on Instagram and show up in a way that kind of like, I guess what I really like is that you're, you definitely, um, it's like you're unapologetically sober. I, I like how you're kind of reframing the whole thing. And it doesn't mean that, it's not a negative thing, right? It's not like this struggle, constant struggle. I I guess I have never struggled with uh, sobriety and I'm Mm -hmm. not saying it's not a struggle, but I guess what I'm trying to say is that you are infusing so much life into sober living and being such an example that um, I find it intoxicating, even though I'm not struggling with sobriety or on the sobriety journey, like I don't know. I just, there's something about watching you shine and just like being an example for people that I really adore. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. I think for a minute, I kind of got stuck in the whole, like, we just need to be strategic on Instagram and it needs to be this, like this thing. And I was losing all creativity with it. And so finally I was just like, what am I doing? Like this really should be a platform for people to express themselves be creative, show who they are. And my thing is being sober. And I think, you know, when you talk about me doing it unapologetically, I think that's really important because there's such a stigma Mm. around addiction and recovery. And, you know, for so long, like it was, no, you need to recover anonymously. And I think that kind of that idea is being shifted into like, no, recover very loudly. So other people can see that it can be done because people die in silence. And so it is a struggle for people. And if I can shine any kind of light on it and just completely own it. And if that helps one person, like, yes, I will do that. And I will keep doing that. So I'm glad you noticed that. Thank you. Yeah. Well, you're sparkling uh, lately, it seems. And, um, and then I just, I love your, you're coming out with a, is it a merchandise line or just a clothing line? Yeah. So this is like very, very new stuff, but just, uh, it's called noble sober, which is kind of a tongue twister, but you and I talked about that. I like it. Yeah. No, there's something there and I like it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, and it's going to just be like sweatshirts. Yeah. Kind of like a little shop, like sweatshirts, t-shirts, notebooks, coffee mugs, stuff like that with 
with sober sayings on them, but also some that are universal just for mental health, positivity, mindfulness, creativity. Mm -hmm. And so I'm currently working on that, but doing apparel is a different world than doing journals. So it's going to be an adventure, but. Oh, I love it. I love that you're spreading out and just kind of letting your creativity lead because, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the energy that you're bringing to your Instagram, that, that unabashed, like here I am feels like a perfect, perfect extension for you to start creating clothing that you're wearing, you know, Mm -hmm. out in the world to also claiming it. And I love that. I think, um, it might have the same effect. Uh, do you follow Tiffany Rowe? Uh, I don't think so. Oh my gosh. She's from Utah, just like you. And she's a therapist and she does, uh, her brand is therapy is cool. And, um, she has a lot of swag and she says that wearing it is like the perfect conversation starter. Mm -hmm. Anywhere she goes, it attracts the people that want to have the conversations. And so I hope that for you, and I hope that that's what your, your stuff is going to do. It's either going to help people realize something about themselves or be honest about something that they're going through. I just think it's, it's going to be a really cool way to connect with people. Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm going to have to check her out because I actually had therapy is cool in my notes. So obviously I don't want to take someone else's idea, but I'm going to have to look into it because I will buy that because it is right. And like you said, it's a great conversation starter because some of the things, and, and I love seeing the way that the mental health awareness has shifted, especially in recent years, it's completely shifted into like, Hey, this is important. This is what we talk about. You don't just go to therapy and silence anymore. And right. You know, like we're not embarrassed about it. And I think that's so important. So yeah, having it be a conversation starter and just having it hopefully inspire people, even if, you know, sober curious is a big thing right now too. So even if you're thinking of going sober, you're thinking of that lifestyle, then yeah, hopefully this can show that like, Hey, we're not boring. Because a lot of people say that. And I have a lot of clients who will be like, I'm bored. Oh, aren't you bored now that you're sober? Things like that. And it's like, no, actually it completely opens you up for more creativity, more connection. And I have way more time now to work on these businesses, to have conversations like this with you and the relationship we've built. And just the connection in my life was nothing like it is now when I was in my addiction. So if I can, yeah, if I can bring any awareness to it or any kind of, Hey, sobriety is cool. Let's do this. Come on. We have fun over here. (laughs) Then I'm going to keep doing that. No, I love that. You know, it's so interesting because like I said, I don't struggle with an addictive personality or addiction in my family, but my husband does. And Mm -hmm. I know we've talked about it before, but, um, just recently, maybe like two months ago, he started, maybe more than that, maybe three months ago. Now he started on an antidepressant and Mm -hmm. he stopped drinking because obviously, you know, like what, what you're going to go try and help your mental health, you know, with this medication, but then you're going to go self-medicate with this substance that depresses you. So anyways, it's been, it's actually been a really beautiful awakening for him because it's not like he like his specific experience right now is like, he's not drinking and he doesn't have to think twice about it because he's choosing to, to do this path of, uh, antidepressants right now. So it makes it really easy for him to say, I'm not drinking. Mm -hmm. And he's actually noticing that he's, he's having a really hard time with work. He's in Brooklyn. He's still, he's like stuck down there in work and it's just been really chaotic. And he's actually so grateful that he's sober going through this hard stuff, right? Like, because he would have in the past, you know, gone out and drank afterwards after work and on the weekends. And just to kind of like thinking that he needs that to release the pressure. And mm-hmm. now he has a ton of evidence that actually, and actually the, the guy that works with him, he's not drinking at least when they're together either. And he's like, thank God we're not drinking because this is a shit show down here. And if we were drinking, we would only be making everything worse. And it just, him and I went away a couple of weeks ago, just in Portland here uh, for a night, but it was, I don't know. He just keeps having these moments where he's like, oh, oh, this is a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. And I think right now he's just in this collecting evidence of joy 
in mm-hmm. sobriety where, you know, I feel like there might be like part of the pe- the journey is being like, well, what am I going to do now? Mm-hmm. But then maybe on the other side of that is, oh, wait a second, this was here all along, but now I actually feel it. And I'm still able to, I, maybe I'm able to seek a more clear joy. Yes. Oh, absolutely. I love that. And when you talk about collecting evidence of like the benefits of sobriety or the benefits of recovery, we call that recovery capital, right? Mm -hmm. Like let's build up this really beautiful life so that the thought of drinking comes in and we're not, we're like, Hey, why would I do that? Things have been so much better without it. Because when we try and selectively numb, like Brene Brown talks about this, who is a sober queen that I love, but you know, you cannot selectively numb. You can't just numb out the bad. Like I'm going to drink at my depression. I'm going to drink at my sadness. I'm going to drink at my anger. You drink and numb everything. So the joy, the happiness, the genuine connection. So I love that he's looking for the evidence because that's going to build up the recovery capital to where even when he is stressed, he's not going to think of a drink. He's going to think, Oh, this is easier. Like you said, you know, so. Right. I mean, he even had, he, he had a, he has three siblings and I mean, the more he's pulling back from drinking, I am like, I don't, uh, I'm not a big drinker, so I'm totally fine. Just also not drinking with him. And I'm noticing the more I'm sensitive to just like how pervasive drinking culture is in like all the places. So like mommy culture or like, even oh. I, I feel like I'm just like so sensitive to it. Like even this book I'm reading right now, like there's so much drinking in it. And I'm just like, this feels unnecessary. Like it doesn't feel like it needs to be part of the the book or like, you know, it's wine o'clock, all that bullshit. And like, and like recently my husband went out with his siblings and it was the first time as an adult that he didn't drink when they hung out. And Mm. he was just like, wow. And I'm like, yeah, I was like, and what do you talk about your, with your sister nowadays? Because anytime she would call, it would always just be like, um, either like what they're drinking, what they did last night, how they're feeling. And I'm just like, dude, you have like a 12 year old daughter enough of the like glorifying the alcohol. I asked you if your husband was in recovery and you were like, I'm sorry, I forget your answer. All I remember is I'm like, he's an ally like me. Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) We call them normies. We call call you non-alcoholics normies, which (laughs) That's just what it is. Some people get offended by it. And I'm like, okay, try getting called an alcoholic. Like we don't feel bad for you. (laughs) Or something that I like the, the analogy I love is the cucumber and the pickle. So you're a cucumber, right? You can drink normally. You can pick it up. You can put it down. I am a pickle and I will never be a cucumber again. Like I am an addict. I have the disease of addiction. So I am a pickle now. And Michael, my fiance is a cucumber but since I got sober, he has been sober too. So, uh, just to be that ally, to be that support system. Cause you know, he's, he's so wonderful, but he said, you know, if this is a disease for you and I expect you to say no to this, and I expect you to live a sober lifestyle, why would I not just let it go? And right. to me, that seems insane. Cause I'm like, but you can drink. Why wouldn't you? Cause you're, I think you're a alcohol. cucumber. <laughs> yeah. I think about alcohol very differently than other people, right? You can take it or leave it. And I think if someone was like, when people were telling me to stop drinking, I act like you're asking me to give up my firstborn child. Mm -hmm. Like it's very important to me because it's my survival. It's my coping mechanism that worked until it didn't. So we think about it very differently, but yeah, Michael is the king of sober allies. And I love that you also kind of talked about that. So yeah, being an ally of the sober movement is huge. Cause you're right. Like societally, just the mommy wine culture kills me. It's like, Hey kids, your parents can only raise you if they're drunk. Yeah. Like the whole, the whole thing is just wild. And Holly Whitaker talks a lot about this and just like the, the effects of it, the dangers of it, the way it's killing women way more. So, you know, the sober movement really is a feminist issue as well. And, you know, we can, we can see what big tobacco did And it's so clear, right? But big alcohol is the same thing. And I think it's just going to take some time because yeah, you, you look everywhere. I can't watch TV without seeing commercials for it, which is crazy to me. Yeah. And so, you know, it's, we're moving in the right direction. And so even if I can just be one tiny little 
part of that, of just raising awareness around it and just showing like my life is so much more full without it. And, and I know that, you know, I'm a pickle. So my story is very different than the people who just casually drink or socially drink, you know, but, but my stuff is more for the, for the pickles, like pickle gang all the way. That should be a t-shirt or a sweatshirt. A hundred percent. We'll have to get people into it, but. <laughs> I am loving the analogy. Like every time you say it, it just like tickles me. <laughs> and I, love um, it. I mean, that's hilarious. I think it's such a great, it's such an easy analogy to understand too, because yeah. you can never not be a pickle. It's so true. It's so true. Wow. That's beautiful. Can you, I would love for you to speak a little bit more towards the spiritual side of sobriety. If you don't mind, I love unpacking, um, all that kind of stuff. And, uh, I don't know, what does it mean to you? And maybe you could start by like, for me, spirituality, the word spirituality, maybe like 10 years ago, I didn't even want anything to do with it because I associated it with God. And I grew up in a Catholic church and I'm, you know, so anyways, I would love to hear maybe your evolution on the word you're nodding. So I'm guessing that you've had a journey as well. So yes, well, I'm from Utah. Uh So I was baptized in the LDS religion Mm. and my, my family and I, we left when I was fairly young. And so, and leaving the church as a young child, you get, you get bullied. Like I had people who couldn't play with me when I was younger because I wasn't active in the church. I had people telling me I was going to go to hell because I wasn't in the church. Like it's the culture here with religion is deep and it's bizarre. Right. I was so, well, actually Tiffany Rowe, that account that you need to follow. I will. A ton of deconstructing the LDS supporting people that are deconstructing their religion. And it's for me, for for, like, I'm in this like East coast Catholic world, the Mm -hmm. things that I'm learning that people are, I mean, just like religion in general, the dogma and the rules and the patriarchal bullshit is just like, I'm just like, wow, let's all open our eyes, please. Because it's poison, but okay. Keep going. I don't want to interrupt you. No, you're fine. And it's so true. Cause I mean, it's the same thing in two, two religions in the U the U S at least, right. The most controversial Catholics and the Mormons, like mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff around it. So, but yeah, so I, I was, I was baptized in the church, you know, we didn't continue going. So I had this very, just like growing, like younger years, very religious, go to church, sit in sacrament, all that good stuff, leaving the church, having this like, oh my gosh, I'm just a child and having people tell me I'm going to hell. So I still am picturing the big bearded white man in the sky that's here taking tallies of my good and my bad and, you know, a very shame-based, fear-based type of quote unquote spirituality. So, you know, I go through my addiction and, and that was just hell on earth and there's no spirituality and addiction. There just isn't. And then after I got I actually had a spiritual awakening in jail, which sounds crazy. I know, but I, I, I got a D well, I got many DUIs, but that's a story for another time. But my last time I used was August 21st, 2015. And I got a DUI and I was, well, it was an overdose. And I went to jail after, you know, I was woken up <laughs> and the next day I was just like, Oh my gosh, like, this is really bad. Like, potentially facing prison time bad, like really bad. And something happened and I can't, I'm going to like cry thinking about it, but I can't describe it, but it was as if like something came down the universe. If you want to call it God, I don't care. Right. Mother nature source energy. I don't know what it is. I still don't know. And I don't care to know. It was as if something came down and just pulled it out of me the addiction, the sadness, the cravings that I was relieved of the, of the suffering in that moment. And so I, and I feel very lucky that I had one of those burning bush moments, right. In the big book, they call it, and the big book is Alcoholics Anonymous, not the good book. Okay. <laughs> we call it the big book, but it's Alcoholics Anonymous. They talk about, you know, a spiritual experience, a spiritual awakening, a psychic change. And from that day, I have not had a craving for a drink or a drug not one. I've had thoughts of using and drinking, but never have I had a craving. So the obsession was gone. The obsession was lifted. So that started my, cause it was just undeniable. 
Like I truly cannot describe it, but something was just pulled out of me. Like, yeah, I literally can't put it into words. And if I could, it wouldn't, it still wouldn't do it justice. So that kind of started it. Cause I was kind of just like, Oh my God, God, you cannot deny this. Like whatever it was. And I don't care to know, but something happened and I had a psychic change and I had a spiritual awakening. And from that day, it was just, okay, I just don't want to, I want to make sure I don't lose that. Cause you hear about people in, in addiction, getting those moments and it's such you know, you just never think it will happen to you. And then it does. And you're like, well, I'm not going to let this go to waste. So from that day, I have not picked up a drink or a drug. So a little over six and a half years. And then the spiritual journey from there has just been ever evolving. I, you know, I like to say my higher power is nature because that's just where I feel it the strongest. And luckily I'm in Utah and mother nature showed off here, Mm -hmm. like big time she showed off here. So being out in nature, connecting with other people, but, and it's still an evolution. Right. And I, and I spiritually connect with other addicts and alcoholics. I spiritually connect with people like you who are on these like soulful, soulful journeys. I connect spiritually with my dogs, with journaling, meditation, all of that kind of stuff. So the beautiful thing about recovery is you have to have it. You have to have some kind of spirituality. This is, and a lot of people struggle with that because, but we baffle doctors right? And if in, in the big book, it talks about this too, of like doctors didn't know what to do with people like us. So it was either you got locked up in a state hospital or you died. Right. Because they thought we were insane. Like they were just like, there's, we cannot fix you, right? There's nothing we can do to help you. There's no, there's no pill we can give you. And if there was, I would snort it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there's like, we baffle doctors. And so there has to be a spiritual component to it, right? There's no chemical solution to a spiritual problem. Yeah. And I think a lot of people confuse that with, oh my gosh, I have to find religion. And I work as a, as a substance use disorder counselor in Utah trying to tell people who grew up with a very prominent religion in their lives, I have to tell them you have to find something spiritual and it's really hard. And I get a lot of resistance to it. So we always just say like, it gets to be whatever you want. And even the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous, right? A God of your understanding. We came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. That's step two. Step three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him or her or it. So those two people get tripped up on two and three because they're just like, because they still think it's the white bearded man up in the sky judging them. And so finding ways and finding, and we have to be creative, right? I, I have to be creative to be like, hey, it gets to be whatever you want. And they're still like, no, this means religion. Mm. So having those conversations and seeing other people's evolution has helped me as well. And I always tell people in my groups, like borrow from mine until you find your own, let the group be your higher power until you find something else. Right. Or it can always be the group, Sure. but being able to facilitate and see people choose what their higher powers and their spirituality is, is, is in and of itself a spiritual experience for me. So, and I know that the spirituality of my recovery program is the most important. Yeah. So I kind of just went off on a whole thing really quick though. When we talk about when people just cannot take the word spirituality, like they're just like, Nope, not doing it because of my background, because of the church, because of this church, because of whatever it is. Right. We try and just say, okay, then connection. Mm. So Mm. the people that are super resistant to the the word spirituality, we say, okay, connection. So who do you connect with? What do you connect with? If it's mother nature, if it's people, if it's poetry, if it's reading, if it's right. And it gets to be so personal to that person, but it is, you have to have it in order to have success in long-term recovery. So I get to be around a lot of spiritual talks. And so I love that this is your, um, your season, right? Your topic for this season of the podcast. And so, yeah, that's a little bit about my evolution and then just like how I see it, especially in, as it, you know, pertains to recovery. So I know this wasn't a recovery podcast, but no, I, but that's I, what I bring, but this is my podcast and I get, to, I, I love this conversation because who knows, maybe it's going to touch somebody that really needed to hear it, but mm-hmm. also this is the human 
condition, suffering, figuring mm-hmm. out how to connect with ourselves again. And I, like that right there is, is a big thing for me. That's been the journey that I've been on and I've been calling it a creative journey, journey, but like, honestly, it's just figuring out how to listen, how to hear my own voice and like how to trust my own self and to know that, you know, the finding that quiet and finding that stillness and asking myself, like, once I realized that it's all kind of, it's all inside, like the answers are right here. You just have to ask and, and, and then listen and then trust that you, you know, and then trust the answer. Mm -hmm. And once I like disconnected it from being like, and I still have some trauma around. I don't, I just don't like it when people give everything away. They give it all away. They give it, you know, they give the good Mm -hmm. stuff to God. They give the bad stuff to God. Maybe that's a way that they can, they can, you know, sort through life the heaviness of life. But to me, it just feels like, but it's all here. It's all here. It's not, and it's not anywhere outside of ourselves. And the more we can trust the inspiration that comes through, you know, and the the more we can trust listening to what we need, whether it's what kind of care we need to take of ourselves, you know, I think the healthier we can be. Right. And so it's just really interesting to me. I just like this intersection of like creativity, sobriety, and spirituality. And I was just so excited to, to have you here to talk yeah. about it. Can you tell us anything, whether it's in your life or you've witnessed, you know, that, that intersection of those three where like creativity really kind of was so helpful in either the spiritual path or the sobriety path or this, which probably is the same thing. Yeah. I mean, I think like you said, you know, I bet you were even saying with your own journey, you've been on this creativity journey, but really it is a spiritual journey, right? And just allowing for the space to open up, to, to hear inspiration, to hear your intuition, to trust yourself and stuff like that. So, I mean, the, the, the example that would come to mind right away is art therapy, Mm. right? So finding way and art therapy is huge and there's so many benefits for it, not just with recovering alcoholics and addicts, but PTSD and depression and anxiety and borderline personality disorder. And all of these things that all of these mental health disorders, art therapy has never gone away. And there's a reason for that, right? Because unlocking that creativity, if it's painting, if it's, you know, collaging, if it's, you know, drawing something, writing poetry, anything like that, it, I think it just like clicks something inside where that trust intuition, uh, that, you know, just that spark of joy and that spark of, oh my gosh, there's something else besides the noise in my head. Mm. Like, I think, you know, so that's the first thing that I would say comes to mind. And then just, if you look at some of the, you know, some of the examples we have of people who have overcome or are overcoming mental health disorders, like Brene Brown, Glennon Doyle, like, Mm. look at the, look at all of the creativity, the writing and the stories, the storytelling, and all of that kind of stuff that have come from being creative. Right. And I think that the most creative people and the most um, inspirational people are the ones who have gone to hell, <laughs> like that have been through some shit, right? Like, cause if you're like, if you're like, oh, my life's just perfect and everything's fine. If you look at every famous artist in history, if you look, you know, like look at Vincent Van Gogh, like right. guy had some stuff going that. on, right? right? And he was like, he's the most famous painter of all time. So it's like, I think that just having those times of struggle, I think somehow like the universe or whatever you want to call it gives you like, okay, and tap into something creative that will help you heal. And it gets to be so individual and so personal. And so, and that is the human experience too, right? Of like, I went through these struggles. So I wrote a poem about it. I went through these struggles and now I'm a writer. I went through these struggles and now I'm an artist. Or, you know, even with me, you know, my creative journey of creating journals, because journaling was so helpful for me, or now this new sober line, because I want to talk about it more, and I want to make it, and I, and I want to help crush the stigma a little bit about it. So I think it's like, we go through these really hard times, and something comes out of it that's so beautiful. And so the duality of that world of the suffering and into the creative, spiritual, inspirational life, I think is, those are my favorite types of stories. Yeah. (laughs) And they don't all end well, but. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think it has something to do with 
tapping into flow, uh, <clears throat> I find that when I'm in that zone, it's like just stepping into a river. I can't focus on anything other than the thing right here, you know, and it is so nourishing to me. And that's part of my message is it can look like anything you want it to, as long as it gets you there, you know, and the more things that you can figure out that get you there, the more tools in your toolbox you have to feel those great feelings, you know, and, and kind of like pause the suffering just for a moment. At least that's how I experience flow. It's like, it is a pause because it can be like time stands still time flies by, you know, and in that mode of creating, there's nothing else except that. And that yeah. just feels so delicious. Yes. Well, and you know, even, I don't know if you've talked about this on your show or this season of the treadmill being like your vortex to creativity, right. Of like, you get on the treadmill and something comes to you, right. I sit in meditation, something comes to me. And so, or I'm out in nature or mm. with my dogs or something like that. Right. And so I think it's like, it's about finding what unlocks it for you because it does, it makes time stand still, especially being in nature. Like, yeah go be in nature and try and just sit and be in your head. Like it's challenging, which is amazing. So yeah, some, some type of way to lessen the suffering because suffering is optional, right? Yeah. Pain is inevitable. Suffering is optional. That's like one of my favorite Buddhist quotes ever of like the suffering is optional. And so if we can find those things, if it's the treadmill, if it's nature, if it's writing, if it's painting, if it's opening an Etsy shop, right. Which we've right. both done. So yes. shout out to us. well, yours is coming. I'm it's so coming. excited for you, yes. but just finding those things that unlock that little bit of inspiration and creativity because sitting in the suffering is a choice. Yeah. Yeah. It's suffering. I was just talking to my therapist yesterday about it. It's like sometimes a lot of the times it takes, it feels like it takes so much effort for me to do the things that I want to do. For instance, this Etsy shop, you know, getting these things that don't necessarily light me up, but are absolutely intricate to getting yeah. the, the work into the world, pairing it with like going to a place, like a coffee shop or a restaurant that I, you know, and I, I've just told him, I said, like, just feels like I'm doing backflips to try and get, get rid of some of the suffering. And he was just like, mm -hmm. like that's <laughs> just kind of, those are strategies. And that's great that you have these strategies. And like, I, I feel like I was looking for him to say, like, the more you do it, the less suffering there'll be, but he didn't. He was just like, the more strategies you have, the better it's what we do, you know, it's, it's how your brain is and it just is. And the more you can find creative ways to get yourself to do those things, mm -hmm. the better you'll feel, you know? Yes. I know we always want to hear like, it just gets easier. It just gets easier. Everything's going to be fine. Right. Mm -hmm. But I mean, technically it does, right. We've talked about this of like you starting a podcast and in the beginning it was like, oh my God, what am I doing? I have no idea how to do this. And now here we are talking right now. And you said it's releasing tonight. Yes. So there really is right. The practice makes progress. And so I think just like the more you do those things, and even if it feels like, oh, I'm doing backflips in order to get things done. I think it's way better than sitting in the suffering because, because if we're not doing, because yeah, there's so much stuff with an Etsy shop and businesses where it's like, eh, I don't want to do this. Right. It's right. not fun and glamorous all the time, but it's necessary to keep the full vision moving forward. But I think it's way, I think it is easier to do that than it is to sit in the suffering because when we sit and not do it, the, the mental self-talk we have is brutal. Yeah. Right. Like, oh my gosh, Coco, you need to get up. You need to do this. You need to do this. And you're not, oh my gosh, you're just taking a bubble bath. Oh, you're doing it. Like the mental gymnastics it takes to sit and not do something. I think sometimes is more suffering. Yeah. You know, for me specifically, it feels like my potential is like rubbing against my knowing or, or like the knowing of how much potential I have inside me and then not activating it is so much more uncomfortable than writing the description of an Etsy listing, you know, right. <laughs> right? Or like writing my bio, you know, even though mm -hmm. those things are not exciting to me, but mm -hmm. it's better than sitting around and knowing how incredibly talented I am and just 
like wasting it kind of, you know, not being able to serve others and not being able to let my work out into the world. I'm so excited for this damn Etsy shop. And I'm, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm so excited for you. I'm dropping one piece every day in April. And <gasps> these are like the back. Well, this is like, this is my way to like bring my, I'm, I'm using my creativity to kind of like create this momentum in this launch. So I'm launching one piece a day, every day in April, my birthday is April 29th. And I've started doing this ever since last year, when I gave myself the birthday present of launching my podcast on my birthday, because it was such a important thing to me that I was just like, you know, what else could I do? This is the one thing that I want in the entire world is to, to have this podcast be live. So I launched it on my birthday and this year, you know, I'm launching one piece every day, uh, for the whole month of April. And I'm just like, Oh, maybe this is my rhythm. Maybe I give myself the gift of launching things at my birthday because that feels so good to me. And I'm so excited to, to release these pieces into the world because I am a vessel. I'm a vessel for inspiration. I believe that the more I take care of my creative self, the more I, you know, the, the ideas that are swirling above my head can see me as like this little luscious piece of earth to implant themselves. And, and then the ideas can grow and blossom. And then, and then I can set them free. Like, it's not my job. This is a new knowing that I'm really settled into. It's not my job to find the people that need my work. It's Mm -hmm. my job to be a clean, shiny, clear vessel for the inspiration to get the work out and then set it free. And that's Mm -hmm. what this Etsy shop feels like to me. And, you know, it used to feel like, oh, Etsy, so whatever, blah, like it just never felt like exciting to me. And then recently, all of a sudden, I just, I feel good about it and excited. I am ready to release these pieces of work Mm. into the world. Well, and I love that too, that it's like in its own time, right? Like, cause I think when we sit and force something, cause we think we should do it or we think we have to do it or we, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Like, I feel like burnout comes easier. The creativity is lacking and it's just not as flowy and spiritual, honest, honestly. So I think that, yeah, just finding the, like the right time for something. And if it is your birthday month and that like each year on April 29th, you do something bigger that you feel called to, but yeah. And I love that you said, you're not just out there looking for the people who want to buy it, like put it out there. Yeah. I had no idea if people wanted my journals or even this new one that I'm launching. I have no idea if that's even like something people want to do, but it felt right. And it felt creative and I ordered a lot of them. So I hope that someone <laughs> wants them and if not, oh, well, at least I did the big, scary thing. And yeah. I and you took And you took the inspired action. Like you said yes to the inspiration and you walked it all the way out. Like that's the problem that I'm trying to get up and over. I think with this Etsy shop launch 30 days, that's a lot. I mean, the work work already exists. It exists on my hard drive. It exists in my drawers. Like I am staring at some of it, like it exists, but so I'm like, it's kind of like, it's kind of my thing is like 30 day projects, 30 day challenges anyways. And so it felt really right that April had 30 days in it. And I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to put one out every day. By the end of that month, I'm going to be so good at writing listings and like the, the hosting them. And- <laughs> yeah. Just like getting my work out into the world, because that's where it like pinches off for me mm-hmm. is setting it free. So I'm really psyched. And the one thing that I'm really trying to settle into recently is like trusting that the, the energy, the excitement and the, the motivation will come when it's time. So the, the shoulds, like if I'm starting to feel the should energy that that's, that's not where I want to be creating from. I want to be creating from where I feel good. And there was a time, remember when we worked and I wanted to open my Etsy shop, right? Mm -hmm. And in my brain, it's like, like, I want to do these things, but I don't feel motivated to do them. And it's like, how is that possible? If I want to do it, like, I just, you know, you see people on the internet and they're just like, just work on it for 10 minutes a day. And yay, if you want it, you got to go get it. And it's like, okay, but like, for me, Mm -hmm. I have to like, 
I have to like feel the pull, you know, I have to be inspired. I, I cannot do anything if I feel obligated. It just personal work, you know, like this work that, you know, that, that I feel compelled to put into the world. And so trusting that it will come when it's ready. And, and then all of a sudden, like, you know, a month and a half ago, I'm like, okay, I feel really good about this. I went on a retreat with a girlfriend of mine. We had a whole weekend together where we just like, just like we stayed in this really inspiring space that had art everywhere. And we just like nourished ourselves and talked about our businesses and it hyped me up. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, I had in that weekend, I had the download for the 30 day launch. And I was like, okay, okay, I can do this. So, and now the motivation's here and it's going, it's like it tipped over the edge into, oh, there's no way this is not happening. This is, this is actually happening now. There's no way it's not where two months ago, it still felt like I want to do that thing. How am I ever going to get that thing done? Like, I don't have the energy for that. You know, it's so interesting putting work into the world because like when you see people on the internet and it looks like they're just like so casually creating and putting and creating and putting, and like, I'm over here, like, well, my husband's been gone since November and I'm taking care of two kids and it's the middle of the winter and, 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 and you forget that we don't get to see those parts of everybody else's lives. Right. Yeah. Because if someone just, if someone who had never met you or knows nothing about you came across your Instagram page, they would be like, oh my gosh, look at how easy this looks for her. Look at how beautiful this is. This branding is so cohesive and, and perfect. And right. And they would, they would think the same thing. And so I think that's like something, I mean, this, we could have like a whole other conversation about of just like what we see on social media. We don't, we don't see the whole picture. We have no idea what's going on in their world, in their lives. We have no idea the struggles that they've been facing or the privilege that they've had, I think too. And so there's so many different things that go into it. And so I think comparison will always mess with our heads and mess with our creativity. And so coming back to like the spiritual things that, that bring us creativity, that bring us motivation, that bring us inspiration. Those are the things we want to focus on. Cause if I sit and scroll Instagram and my, my inspiration goes away real quick. Yeah. So it's like creating before consuming and, you know, scrolling with like kind of an, a, a purpose of building relationships and stuff, but we can go on and just feel like complete garbage from yeah. what we see. And we have no idea, like yeah. we have no idea what they're going through. And so I think, yeah, just coming back to what is my process? What is your process? Honoring that and making sure that we're taking care of ourselves along the way. And I think that if we stay connected spiritually, if we stay connected in a creative way, um, or just, you know, hold what's dear to our hearts, then that inspiration comes and that creativity comes. But if we just sit and look at other people's stuff, we get, we just go wild with stories. Like, look how easy it is for them. Oh my gosh. I bet this was, you know, how do they get to do it? And I have all these things going on in my life. Everyone has all those things going on in their life to some extent, right? Some, some have less than others. And that's the privilege part I'm talking about, but you know, we just have no idea. And so I think it's just like, what is true for us? Yeah. What feels good. And like, what do I keep asking myself? Like, what do I need? Like an hour and a half ago, I was sitting in a bathtub three hours ago. I was snowshoeing around my property. (laughs) And it's like, I had, you know, going to bed last night, I had a bit of a different expectation for this morning. I thought I was going to like, okay, we're going to work until the, our conversation. And then, you know, and then this morning I'm just like, I don't know why, but I'm imagining snowshoeing right now. And then it's like, well, just give yourself it. Just, just go ahead. And it was freaking awesome. Like I found across the street, we have this whole big, I think it's like 80 acres that my neighbor owns. And I found this gorge. Nope. That's not the right word. It's a, uh, like where two huge rocks come together and then there's just, um, water flowing through it. And I was like, oh my gosh, I discovered something new. And it was so awesome. And my cup feels so filled up now. And, and now, you know, and then, and I'm really, that's when I was out there, I really like decided that this episode is going to come out tomorrow, which means like, you know, a whole bunch of things for me to have to actually execute, but from a place of like a filled up cup, I'm just like, oh yeah, 
I already took a bath and went snowshoeing. Like I could stay up after the kids go to bed and do a little editing. That actually sounds fun. It's just such a totally different vibe when I give myself the things that I need. Like, look at this painting I just made the other day. It says, I allow myself joy. Oh my gosh. I love that. I find this is number 29 in my 30 day intuitive painting challenge. Um, 29, your birthday. Yeah. I've got one more. I've got 30 day. I, the, you know, I thought I set that up in January and, mm-hmm. um, and this has been a really great practice. It was 30 days, not 30 consecutive days. And it's, what is it halfway through March now? And I'm still, um, I've got one more to go, but it feels, I don't know. It just, I like to push myself in little challenges to try and like get over these things that hold me back. Yeah. Well, I think because the overthinking of the thing is always worse than doing the thing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The anticipation of the thing is worse than just biting the bullet and doing it. When you say that you've seen me show up more on Instagram or just in a more playful way, because I, I set a challenge for myself that I'm posting a reel a day for 90 days. Oh, good for you. And I was like, oh my gosh, how am I going to do that? But the practice of it, I did every day in February. I've done it every day in March so far. And what helps, it helps crush my perfectionism, Yeah, which is such an amazing thing for me. And I know that you and I have had plenty of conversations on this, right? Of letting it be good enough. Great enough. enough. This is great enough. Oh yeah. yeah. Great enough. Great (laughs) enough. But just the practice of it, right? So painting a day or launching one new Etsy thing every single day for 30 days, because then it just becomes this flow and it becomes this thing. Because when Reels first came out on Instagram, I was like, no, (laughs) I don't want to do this. I don't, you know, and now I'm just like, I, on Sunday, I recorded five in my, or 15. And so they're sitting in my drafts ready because now I can just bust it up. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, I was so scared of doing this. And now it's just like, I don't care. So I think just like, do you know, with these challenges and with things like this, it's like, it helps us push past the perfectionism. It helps us practice, which makes progress mm-hmm. and just allows for more fun to happen. Cause I was thinking my reels had to be like recorded by some team. And like, I had to look perfect in my whole thing. And now I'm just like, I'm just going to go on mouse something, put something funny on it. Like I'm just putting them out and they'll get better as they, you know, as if I want them to, but it's just something fun and silly. And it shows more of my personality. Cause like I said earlier in this conversation, like I thought that my Instagram had to be this perfectly curated strategy first. You have to say all these things in the, and there's a call to action and there's a hook and there's a, this, and there's a, this, and I'm like, this isn't me. And so I know how to do social media, but I'm doing it more for my personality to make it more real and to Mm. make it more, you know, more fun and less curated. So practicing and you doing the paintings and stuff like that, like, I think this will take us further than if we sat and planned and planned and planned and planned and planned and, and then just freaked ourselves out with so much anticipation instead of just being like, and I'm doing it. Yeah. And we'll see what happens. Yeah. And I'm like, th- specifically for me, this Etsy shop, opening that door, creating that place to put my work. I'm actually mm-hmm. super excited to start trying little challenges of like different, you know, different types of, of artwork and doing a, you know, whatever, a 30 day challenge of stamp making, and then being able to select my 10 best and then those go, you know, and it's just, yeah. it feels like it's opening such a door for me, but this Etsy shop is like a big deal and I'm super stoked about it. And you have been such, such an inspiration for me. This is going to sound odd, but it was really helpful for me to see you, you know, you didn't have a huge platform when I met you and you were mm-hmm. like, and I make journals. Mm-hmm. And, and I make, (laughs) and, uh, you know, there was a moment, maybe it was like after the first year or something, when you like had a little bump and you were like getting sales and you're like, I don't even know why I'm not even promoting them, but it just showed me that it just doesn't have to be a big deal. It can just be done because you're called to do it. And Mm -hmm. it was really inspiring to me. And now I'm watching you go on this new journey of sober, noble, sober, noble sober it's a tongue twister like I need to think about that (laughs) I like it though I really like it though um this clothing line I think it's going to be super playful and fun Mm -hmm. and taking um the concept of sobriety and just making it accessible something Mm -hmm. almost like relatable and, and easy to to understand and I think you're doing really wonderful work and you've definitely changed my life you were my first 
oh. kind of like the, the, the relationship we, we had as my accountability coach was like, you were such a beautiful support. And so I recommend anybody listening to this, if you're looking for some support, even if it's just like a project to help you, you know, to have somebody show up every week to say, how are you doing? Where are you at? What's your goals for the week? I mean, that was, it was huge. And you were so good at it. Um, you're a great hype girl. Um, oh, thank you. But well, then- you made it easy. Like you, the way you showed up too. That's why every time I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like I just got as much out of this call as, as you probably did. And I'm the one that's the, the, the coach. Right. So, uh, but cause you were just ready and you were just doing it. And so I'm glad that it was inspirational for you to see my Etsy shop. And I'm so excited to see yours because, you know, I, I made journals and it's very different, but yours being like an actual artist and like custom artwork and stuff like that is like really what Etsy was made for. So I cannot wait to see how this blows up for you. And I will definitely be sharing all about it because Mm -hmm. the vibe of your art and just the happiness of it. And just, you know, it it's needed in a world where there's so much darkness going on, especially right now, just, just seeing you paint on your Instagram stories and seeing you write these little sayings of, you know, I allow myself to find joy and, you know, all of those kind of things. It's so needed and it's, you know, it does go a long way. So you inspired me probably more than I inspired you, but thank <laughs> you for telling me that. Oh, thank and it gets you. to just be this, like, I made this cause I wanted to right? like, my, my journal page has like 200 followers and I don't care about that. And the beautiful thing about Etsy, which I'm excited for you to see too, is like, it just takes off on its own. Yeah. So there isn't so much of that have to, should I have to be posting about this every day? I have to be in that Instagram, like hustle yeah. type thing. And Etsy is just, it has this beautiful way of just, you know, taking off on its own. And so coming back to that trusting that it's, yeah. it's going to find the people it will. So that's what, you know, that's, what's been feeling really nourishing to me lately is I feel like I'm kind of pulling back from the pressure of Instagram. I've been taking the app off my phone more lately, which has been a real gift to myself. And nobody's noticed that that's the thing about Instagram is when you show up, that's wonderful. But when you don't show up, like at least my followers are not like, where have you been for three days? Oh my gosh. No one's follower is doing that. And if they are, they're a stalker. Right. So, (laughs) so it feels really good to kind of like pull the pressure off of Instagram because Mm -hmm. for a while it was like, that's where my people are to, to get this business going. But now I'm kind of like, this is very like inside baseball, but I like to share this with my audience too. I'm kind of like, like Etsy is a search engine and Mm -hmm. Pinterest is a search engine and coupling that with having this podcast, it being like, I see it as kind of like a library for whenever, whomever comes across it is ready to go in. It's all right there versus Instagram being like, it has, it's relevant right now. And then it go like, it kind of just gets buried. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, Oh, I can make pins and I can, you know, I can do these things that feel like they'll live. It just, I'm happy putting in the time. Like I'm, I'm not looking for an immediate return on my, you know, investment. Mm -hmm. I am looking for a long-term following. And so I'm really excited to, to take this opportunity with Etsy to, to kind of like really grow, like slow grow. I'm excited to slow grow and I'm excited to just kind of like, uh, unpinch that, that source that I've, you know, and just release my work into the world. And I trust that it's going to meet the people it needs. And, um, I can't wait to see like my work on other people's walls. My work is everywhere in my house. Like this is going in the shop. This, this version of this is going in the shop. Like I'm looking around that, 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 and I'm just so excited for it to leave my house and go (laughs) right spread its wings and find new homes I know even looking at your backdrop like I need some art so (laughs) I will absolutely I hope I'm your first sale on Etsy oh stop it maybe we can do a trade because I would love I've never done had a journal with a prompt to I've only Mm. journaled with just like an empty book and that feels really nourishing to me so maybe we can do a trade Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm hoping to get them soon, but there's been delays of course, as always, but we're, mm-hmm. we're flowing. We're just going with the flow, but
but they're sold out right now. So you girl, you know that I will send you one when they, oh. when they get here. You can see this. No one else can, but the mindfulness one and the two aligned ones, those are like the samples. So those never get used. Those are like my archives, like yeah, we keep those, but uh, yeah, I'll send you one. Well, thank you. But also I want to be the first sale too. So, (laughs) well, thank you. Um, you might have to wait. And I mean, there's, there's lots of art coming. I, I did a calendar of like my release calendar Mm. and I tried to kind of like, well, I have like, you know, six of this kind of work and like, this is my lettering stuff and this is my abstract stuff. So I tried to like sprinkle it around. So it's not just like six days of abstract abstracts and then six days of these kinds of paintings. So it's going to be a really beautiful launch. I'm, I'm really excited to see. And also I'm excited to see how the algorithm in Etsy enjoys me sh- listing one thing a day for a whole month. I've, I've done a little research and it, I'm, I'm have a feeling it might really enjoy it it, you know, as yeah. being like, Let I think, no, I mean, I don't have that many things like mine's like this. And then mm-hmm. there's, you know, a thousand of them. And then there's this and, you know, so <laughs> but let me know how that goes, but even like the analytics and stuff behind, like what you can see of like how people found your work is so helpful. Then take that, use it in Instagram for hashtags, use it in Pinterest for your keywords. Mm. Like it, it gives you so much information. So I'm so excited for you. Oh, thank you. I'm so excited. <laughs> well, thank you. Well, will you tell everybody where we can find you and all these awesome projects that you're working on? Yes, of course. So, uh, my journals, they're coming soon, but the website is noblepapercompany.com, uh, or my Instagram handle is I am Stephanie Noble. And then in the bio of that one, you'll find my other ones for noble paper company and noble sober. So <laughs> That's where you can find me. Awesome. I'm so excited to watch this journey unfold. And if you ever want to collaborate, I love drawing letters. So we should, we should do something together. Oh my gosh. Yes. Cause I love <laughs> your, your face. Bio, so. <laughs> I know I'm like <gasps> yeah. to the ground. So yeah, I have some stuff. So I'll text you or we'll message each other about it. Cause I would love to have your artwork on a sweatshirt, but with mm. my sayings, me too, Ooh, me too. Girl. I've already thought about it. So excellent. Yes. All right, my friend. Well, thank you so much for your time. This was so good. It was so, so good to see your face and the, the gift of you as my accountability coach was awesome. But as it was coming to an end, I was like, yes, we can finally get into that friendship zone. Cause I wanted to respect you as my coach, you know, and, and it felt very weird to show up every week and only talk about myself, uh, in that context, because I also know that you're building something too. And I love to like talk shop like that. So anyways, yeah. it's been really nice to kind of be in this zone now. And now we're look at us. We're co-creating together. Oh my gosh. I love it. And I'm so, yeah. Thank you for letting me come on here. I know I went off on like 20 different. It was perfect. Awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was great enough. Right. It was, it is. It is. (laughs) All right. Well, thank thank you you for having me. I love you. I love love you too. Okay. Just like I promised, I am recording this outro immediately following the conversation and my body is still buzzing. That's a fun fact about me. Um, When I get off of a call of a conversation for the podcast, I usually have to do something afterwards that helps me regulate my nervous system. Being in that zone, it's, it's my zone of genius. It's where I feel like my highest self and I have to kind of bring myself back down and ground afterwards. So whether it's a snack or a show or some writing or painting or whatever, just getting up from my chair is really important. But today is, is a new way of doing things. And I'm trying really hard to really go with the flow for this recording. So I recorded the intro and then I recorded the conversation And then I recorded the outro. And if you don't have your own podcast, this probably seems really normal to you. But for me, I in the past have kind of over-organized my conversations and I would do a conversation, save it in a file, and then go back the day before the episode drops and listen to it and edit it through and then record the intro and outro. Today, I am really kind of releasing my grip and letting it all flow through. And I'm excited for you guys. Wasn't that a great episode? 
I love talking about sobriety and I love talking about it with Steph because she has she has had a life and she's got some wisdom. She is an incredible support, not only for people going through a sober journey, but for me, she was my accountability coach for my mastermind and it was it was a joy. She brings out the best in me and I hope you guys can can feel that. I love watching her let her inspiration lead. She's starting that clothing company, Noble Sober, and it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful to watch somebody walk an idea out into the world. I honor it. I love it. And I can't wait to support it. And I hope you can go and support her too. Go find her on Instagram. Uh, she's I am Stephanie Noble. And DM her. Let her know that you heard this episode and let her know and let us know if you liked it. Take a screenshot, put it on your stories, let us know. And I guess that's it for today. I am in a bit of a low, I guess. My therapist pointed out that I was, I'm pretty close to burnout. And I thought that that was really interesting because I don't feel that way when it comes to my work, but I do feel that way when it comes to everything else. I am just still holding it down here. I'm solo parenting. My husband's project got pushed again for another two weeks, so he's not going to be coming home before the first week of April. And I just am ready. It feels like everything's just right on the other side. You know, like spring is coming, he's coming home, I'm launching my Etsy shop in a few weeks, and it's all almost right there. I can almost touch it. But for now, I'm just taking baths, watching New Girl, and and showing up here with you. So anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed this, and don't forget, you are worthy you are enough, and I hope you do something that delights your creative self this week. I went snowshoeing this morning, and I'm going to be doing a little painting this afternoon. What is it that lights you up? Get into flow, feel the release, and uh, until next time, I'll talk to you. <laughs>